Oh, shit. Oh, it, it happened too soon. Wait a second. Act like you're not seeing this. No, no, seriously. Act like you're not seeing it. Because I never know if it's going to start on time or not with this new system they have. You know, in the old days, I used to just connect a can to a string and holler this stuff out through the neighborhood to the rest of you. You! Sixty seconds early. Now, about to witness. Thank you for the card, Tommy. You're awesome. A crushing of my of the you, Eugene is. Robinson Show Stopper! Hey, welcome, my friend. Uh, to a show that virtually almost sort of kind of never ends, even though it's causing me great and tremendous and almost insurmountable life difficulties. This is the UGS Robinson Show Stopper. I am your host, UGS Robinson. This is V. Oh, wait, let me get my, my action together like last week so I can do it. Do it like it's just done. Three, nine, two. And this is all things Crappington with your host, Dr. Robinson. And uh, uh, before we get into that, uh, before we get into that, let's have Bob Riley sing the words that are pushing us in as they have since 2007. This is Stigmata. Calling of the Justice on the CD called Records. Calling of the Justice. So it's called Intro All of Nothing. Still available. From Revelation Records in Hunger Beach, California, where the addition is shooting to the death of the nightclub, they will hit your car with a hammer. Go to Revelation Records. Go up to the little uh, magnifying glass. Type in Stigmata. Calling of the Justice. And buy it for the holiday season. Until then, let's listen to Bob see the words. Say it all. I'm on my way back to nowhere. I took my time when I could not see so clear. Good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at his face. So being paid back and forth always. Nothing. Ah, my friends, let's stop that right there. Ah, ah. Why isn't he in this? Well, you know, he's in the woods. And uh, he's, uh, see, I'm not leaning against the poster now because I'm tired of it falling. That's for me to know it for you to find out. Anyway, this is V92 of, of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. And uh, commercials out of the way quickly. I'm going to start. Pimping, pumping. Do you realize, and I, I just realized this today. It's really weird. I am 138 books away from having Carper Collins actually give me a check for fight. Everything you ever want to know about asking, but I'm afraid to get your ass kicked for asking. Just to be totally clear and uh, transparent on this count, they gave me $20,000 to do the book. Out of that $20,000, I had to pay for airfare. I had to pay for a photo editor. 
I had to pay for rights to photos that were used in the book and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So that means technically I'm still 138 books underwater. I'm paying back the man. Now, I'm not saying you got to give the fight book as a gift to somebody for the holiday season. And indeed, it's super hard to find hardcover copies. I've got three. The rest have been snapped up by resellers who are selling them for different prices from $5 to $30. Secondhand books don't help. They don't reduce the 138 to zero so I can actually see a check from HarperCollins. Ebooks count, but they count differently. In any case, if you know anybody who likes to fight, yes, you, yeah, yeah, it does count, but it just clowns differently. But it's better than nothing. So if you want to give the book to somebody, ebook or not, a hardcover, use doesn't help me. I would I would sell the three I have, but I think I'm going to put them in the Oxbow store, oxbow.merchtable.com. Also, a place where you can buy cool gear for the holiday season for people you care about if you care about anybody other than yourselves. That's it for the commercial. It was just that sweet. What is that? Three minutes. In and out, nobody. Yes, the hardcover value is rising in cover, especially if I signed it for you. So, uh, uh, oh, oh. The penis poster is super valuable. It's super valuable. Um, I think I have one other. And additionally, I've got one poster board for the fight book itself. HarperCollins, only a multinational corporation that they are, only printed up five total. Three got lost to the clubs. I collected two. Super hard to find, never to be duplicated. If you've seen the cover of the fight book, that's what's on the poster size, uh, uh, glossy poster. I'll put those up at some point, too, when I get my the – shed is, the shed is put together. Got to put shelves in the shed. I'm almost there. I've got the little table. I got Chris Weidman. I got him ready. And so I'm pretty much ready. We've done the housekeeping. What else? I talked about the Oxbow merch. I talked about, oh, patreon.com slash the stomper. If you want to donate, they figured out their problem, got me paid. Uh, or pinko95014 at yahoo.com. You can donate money for the holiday seasons. And I'm in the hole again, not because of anything that you did, but because. Uh, I gotta take my three kids and uh, and my grandson and the wife to see the family for a few days, and uh, gonna see the guys from Crime Faces when we get to New York. Super geeked about that, but you don't have to pay for that. I'm paying for that willingly and gladly out of my pocket, so I can rock Crime Faces gear on this show because I think those guys are fucking hilarious. Banzai! I do indeed. So anyway, let's get right to what we all came for. Where is the thing? The ting a ling a ting dong. And I, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I want to tell you a little story that makes me warm inside. It's about two friends growing up and all the shit they try. If you're a big minor threat fan, you know what I'm talking about is a minor threat song. I'm not talking about staple shit. They wanted something more. It was too much dreaming, too much to hope for. You know, I'm a big punk rock guy, but the nostalgia, the nostalgia is so much a part of uh punk rock these days it, it just it, it's kind of i find it wearisome i have no desire this ties in pay attention i have no desire to uh to go back to those days right the degree to which i'm happy is the degree to which my my sense of personal agency 
is high versus low. Any day that you can count as a good day is a day in which your personal agency was pretty high instead of low, by which I mean you set out to do something and there's nothing standing between you and that's something you desire to do. Thank you very much. No, they're not new. Uh, these are for up close and personal. And then my uh, uh, Malcolm X ones are for across the room, but I can't. <laughs> ah, God, he's got a million of them, just like jokes. Anyway, so let me let me tie this in. Let me tie this in. So, uh, um, so when I when I mean by personal agency, um, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty close. But I, I actually paid for these because uh, they they're made by Nautica. You see that? So that means my insurance paid for them. But I, I was one of those guys. I'm one of those cats, like painstakingly. I had to look through like 738 frames, and I'm still not really happy with those. I found some. I'm looking for frames forever. And what I'm looking for probably closely mimics 1967, since that's where a lot of my ideas about style were formed and framed. But, you know, I'm not derailed. So by personal agency, I mean the ability to, and, and largely... If you were in a jail cell, your agency would be limited to, did I masturbate today? Do I, did I, have I not masturbated today? Let me masturbate. Yeah, okay, right. Um, or did I poop? Shall I masturbate before I poop? If you were in a jail cell, you could winnow your sense of agency down to two or three bullet items, after which you would be pretty, pretty freaking happy, right? If you achieve them. In the outside world, where you have 300, and in 60, you know, 360 degrees, uh, was it 360 degrees over 365 days? There are lots that can interfere with your sense of agency. Not find, like Bukowski said, not finding, um, not finding a a parking space could be the thing that drives over the edge. You set out to find a parking space, didn't find a parking space. Therefore, you were five minutes late to a meeting that you needed to go to. The world is full of that, right? Any reasonable adult uh, adult human being it ha has come to some sort of accommodation with the exterior world, the external world, where they mitigate misery over things outside of their control, all right? Now, when you're eight, 18 to 22, say college age, a lot of stuff happens to you that'll make you miserable. One of the reasons I started fighting... Um, um, I, I, you know, I, I, one of the reasons I started fighting was because while understanding the power of words, I figured out pretty early that increasing my sense of agency over what I thought was the, was the least I could do and the best I could do for myself, right? So this ties in, and if you don't like it, go to some other fucking show. I can't help you. So if somebody said something that was stupid, I really wanted to be able to say, you know, I think that's fucking stupid. And I wanted to say it like that. Like when I worked at Intel and I would tell people, or when I worked at Apple, and then I had to tell people, listen, I, I don't really have a lot of time, but I can tell you the New York way or I can tell you the California way. And people would laugh and think it was funny. And they would say, well, tell me the New York way. And I go, okay, I think your idea sucks. And they would get their feelings hurt. I actually had a management training thing the other day when they were like, 
you know, you have to do you have to do the critique sandwich where you have, you know, you say two positive things uh, and then you say a negative thing and then two positive things out to couch it, to, to make it so it's OK. So the person feels some sense of value, increased agency instead of feeling smashed down. Yeah, the truth can be crushing. You know what? <laughs> you know what's what's true? Animal politics is true. Animal politics is true. Human politics, not so much. Thinking things are one way and things are another way disturbs us on a level that we that we don't really register. And it doesn't help where people are playing these fucking magical optical games with your feelings. I would give me a straight talking person any day. Sarcasm is good for, for humor, but give me a straight talking person any day. That's why there's been no Eugene Me Too moment. Never tried to lure somebody in with a, uh, uh, you know, I'll give you a role in the movie and then, the main, then, you know, you come up to my hotel room and find me masturbating. No, you might hear me say, hey, why don't you come to the room and you can watch me masturbate and you could join in if it's fun. I, I mean, you know, I've never actually said that, but you know what I mean. So let me, I'm getting there. I'm seconds away. So one of the first things, the one of the first things ever, as it was framed to me by the first person that I ever, um, that I ever met who was a publicly, who was not a hip hop guy or a rapper, who was a publicly declared fan of Trump. Yeah, okay, now you see where I'm going. Said to me, well, said to me in general, we were in each other's presence said to me, I'm sick and tired of people telling me I'm stupid for wanting to vote for Trump. Listen, you guys, you guys don't know well, you, know, you don't know me well, or as well as you might think. And, and, um, and I, I think, I would hope at this point that you would know, understand exactly what I'm now about to say. There's a guy, his name is Nate. And not not kid not day. Nate sings for a band called U.S. Christmas from like North Carolina, and we were friend. We became friends. We went on tour together, and uh, uh, he had come to one a show I had played in North Carolina, but he didn't know me very well. And he turned from the bar. He had a drink, and he he turned to me, and he and he he he, he spilled his drink on me for a little bit, and he was like, "Oh, sorry, you just no, 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 that's okay." And I wiped the. And later. I read on his page, because he's a great writer, as well as a singer for U.S. Christmas, USX. He said, man, you know, spilled a drink on Eugene. And I thought maybe he was one of those guys who was just always looking for a fight. And he, he, just, he just brushed it off like it was no big deal. I'm going to go a step further. A lot of you who will consider yourself friends of mine, who we've had phone conversations with, and some of you who we've met in person, I would hope you know that you could say to me straight in my face, Eugene, you're a goddamn moron. How could you believe that? And then tell me whatever it is that you wanted to tell me. Who was who some cat who was whining about due process on my Twitter feed today or the other this past week? Because it's about due process. About, and we went through it. I made fun of his misspellings and I gave him a hard time for ad hominem attacks. 
because I can look you in the face and I can tell you that I think your idea is fucking stupid and that has no bearing at present on how I feel about you. I learned to fight because I realized there's a whole huge category of people who when they get to that part of the conversation where I say, I think your idea is stupid, what they have heard is, I think you're stupid. And they start swinging. So I wanted to be prepared for those thin-skinned, touchy types of cats that can't separate the word and the deed and the thought and the word. And this is something that I found, you like, you know, you, I mean, you remember Kid Nate and I on on, on, on uh, if I did it. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, you can say all kinds of foul. The only thing that I find actionable, angry, actionable, is stupidity. Like the last person I maybe slapped in the face. I said, "Would you like me to strike you?" The guy goes, "Do what you gotta do." Yes, I'm reading the chat right now, Mr. Richland Ford. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got it set up so I could do live chat. To do that, I had to keep kids out, strangely enough. And I'm still working on the super chat, but it was enough that I put this table together that the computer is on, hands-free. And then I got the light set up, courtesy of Roma Raider. So what I have found, what I have found to a person is a strain in American life. It could be global. I don't know. All I, well, I travel a lot, but let's just call it American life. The strain in America life that, that has built resentment on, how do I, that build resentment on feelings of the diminution of personal agency through confusion of word and thought. Okay, and quickly before I lose this, what I'm saying is I have never said something like, I am sick and tired of people telling me I'm stupid because I want to vote for Trump. Okay, well, I've never wanted to vote for Trump, but I have never had any sentence construction like that. Never. I, I'm sick and tired of people. And it could be maybe a racial thing. It could be that because I've always been on the largest side right now. Uh, well, I used to be six, one and a half at my height. Now I'm six feet tall. After training today, weighed myself at 218. And I'm African-American. That people have just always assumed who didn't know me that I was an idiot. I never thought about it. Because like somebody who, the woman who wrote, if you, if you follow me on Twitter, at Eugene S. Robinson, you see uh, I put up this piece, this, this article is we written. It's a tough piece. If you've got kids or you're likely to be triggered, put your fingers in your ears right now because you probably don't want to be reminded of it or don't want to hear it. It'll take me a few seconds to say the title. I'd like to say it as, exactly as it was written. It's called The Night I Discovered My Father Was Molesting My Kids. And in Coda, she says um, she um, she says uh, that she has seen her the molesting 
her father, the molesting grandfather, four times since it happened. Okay. And so people in the comments were giving her a hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shitty mother. And she got her feelings hurt. I go, once you tell your story in public, it becomes a public. It becomes a public's. Yeah, it's your story. It, you know, it, yeah, well, there's more to the story than that. But that's a good point. And it needs, it needs to be aired. More importantly, she, who's a longtime lefty, needs to separate herself from the personal criticism. You are not that character. You wrote a story. They made a, friend, a movie about my friend's life, who was one of the first uh, 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 people to have uh, heart transplant. You know, the guy, his name was Freddie. Freddie was like six foot two and about 265 fucking pounds, smoking, drinking, cursing, sloppy, clothes never fit right, played in the movie about his life by Rob Lowe. Never have, I think, a more disparate characterization. The, the chopped and channel, louvered, neat, clean, chiseled Rob Lowe against for Freddie. So she's annoyed. And I go, why do you give a shit? She goes, well, if somebody insulted, insulted, you, you know, your father in skills, I said, I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't give a shit. Why would I care? Uh, maybe it's because I have punk rock is in my blood. I don't give a shit. You tell me I'm stupid. Okay. My education argues against that, but have fun with that. Or like I learned from uh, the car, my car thief friend who uh, was a member of the Russian mafia. He goes, Eugene, they can say anything they want to me. But they put their hands on me. Lights out. Same. Whatever you want. We could argue into a blue in the face because that's what makes life live. What is it they say about Jews? You want three different opinions? Get two Jews together. That's it. But in this strain, this very specific strain of, look, we've had, it's always divided America, divided America. That's not the issue. We've had, met the 60s were the most tumultuous decade ever. Many of you weren't there. Tommy maybe remembers. People were as, as divided as could be. They were getting shot to death on college campuses. They were getting burned up in village squares. It was people were getting dragged, but it was misery. But what wasn't happening was that you didn't have a cohort that was cohering around this sense of uh, um, uh, what not only entitlement but um, umbrage and outrage, and so and pretty much framed exactly by what, what that guy said. I'm sick of people telling me. I'm sick, what do you care if people think you're stupid? What do you care? How could you possibly care? And this, in my mind, earmarks where the right has gone in this country with Trump. Everything has gotten back to the way it was when I learned how to fight, when I started to learn how to fight when I was 11, because the, the, the discourse is, is probably like that. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Well, okay. All right. Well, you pushed me down the stairs. Well, uh, you, you know... That's why I pushed you down the stairs, because you pushed me down the stairs, and then you called me fatty. So then, then, then I had, to, then I pushed you down the stairs, and I called you, and I called you chinky, and then, then you had to push me, and then, fucking, how fucking old are you? How old are you? How old are you that this matters? And when I see the broken jawed, uh, broken jawed 
uh, uh, Kobe Crappington pull a, a Forrest Gump, flee from the cage, and get as fast as he can to the hospital with a wagon jaw and get on Twitter as soon as possible to proclaim fakeness around the fight. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. I never thought anybody could say anything. I never thought anybody could say anything that would be responded to by Ben Askren, and I would go, God damn right, Ben. <laughs> How was it that you managed to be an outlier, that you are to the far, that you were like, you're, you're, you're out of the realm of a Ben Askren. How is it that you haven't embraced the essential tenet of American male living, which is shouldering your fucking burden without complaint? How is it that you haven't embraced that? You look at somebody like Max Holloway, who I think was partially done dirty. We'll get to that in a bit. And dude goes, eh, eh, you know, tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another day. I go fire you know. I mean, <laughs> and you know, and and the lack of insight that I see also drives me crazy. And this is what I this is what I say to my friends who are, who are Trump cats. You got to know impeachment. There's impeachment without impeachment. I go. You got to know if the shoe was on the other foot, you guys would be doing the same thing. Why can't you understand that? Why can't you understand that? Except in this instance, if it had gone the other way, I think I think Usman would have gone like, it's a drag. I hope we get to run it back. I didn't see it that way. But I'll be ready next time. Because his sense of self has not been abridged because his sense of self is stronger or strong enough that it can't be abridged. If Nate from U.S. Christmas spills a drink on me, I don't take it as Nate thinking I'm a fucking punk. And therefore, I have, yes, yes, Archer, you're right. He's got into Wednesday. He's got into Wednesday of talking crazy and acting crazy. And that's hump day. That's a dividing line. That's a dividing line. And But I'm anticipating that not much is going to change here. I could be wrong. I'm okay. We recorded already uh, Care Don't Care. Uh, and Steph said she raised a good point. She said, and she's done some research, that the kind of break to his jaw that he that he got is the mildest the mildest jaw break. It's a lateral lateral fracture. And I think it came from like that. It means he does, sadly for the rest of us, he doesn't have to get his jaw wired shut, though for, for about a month he has to eat soft foods and shouldn't really talk a lot. No word on what it does to your thumb, so I imagine he, he, he'll still be tweeting. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wish somebody would do a gif with him with the jaw, but making the belt sign. So I, I, I just, I just, I just, I just don't understand it. Like, if you, like I can always tell who, like, which side of the aisle the politician is on based on hearing them talk. And, and what I, I, what I'm talking, I'm writing a piece about this now, how, what I want is 
um, I, I want um, I, I want there to be a Democrat who's got the same vocal attack because I'm old enough to remember when when you had when you know the lefties were like guys breaking the you know were in the picket line and fighting with I, I mean where it was a where it was a party of I don't know how to put this. I don't know how to put this. Let me see. Where it was a party of of um, people who understood the difference between righteous anger and righteous indignation. Mike Tyson, sense of self, if you talk about somebody who has been raised on the streets and in and out of jail and fundamentally a street kid from the time of 10. Uh, I don't know what Mike Tyson would have done. We have seen Mike Tyson knock, knocked out. Uh, one of his, one of his fights uh, post uh, Evander Holyfield against a guy whose name I don't even remember. As I can remember, I got this great photo of Tyson, like sitting on the canvas, leaning against the back, the bottom rope. One leg, his like left knee up, his right leg forward. He's like, fuck it. He's just let sitting there. He talks about that moment as a moment where he said, yeah, I can't keep doing this. Didn't go running out. Didn't hit the Twitter machine. Didn't hold a press conference. Talk about that guy. That's why I don't know who the guy, what the guy's name is. Shoulder your burden without complaint. Mike Tyson didn't go to college. Mike Tyson was, you know, some hot shit wrestler who had a lifetime of success to buoy his self-image that apparently is so fragile and damaged that the guy goes on attack mode and, and, you know, and the thing is, these guys, and I and I blame both of them for this. When the bell rang and they were, like, jawing at each other, but they said, why don't you bring some of that brio to the actual fight? Now, before I get, before I get, uh, uh, and you, if you watch my Twitter feed, you see, like, there was a, 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 a Svengali doing the Pygmalion Act to, to uh, Crappington as well. Remember, and I don't know, Crosby, this was a big secret, Supposedly, it was uh, uh, sometimes uh, Vegas fight habitue Doug Crosby, who, who had built this idea for Chelson that what he was like helping him with the heel stuff. But as he goes, as soon as as soon as uh, Chael had our attention, he earned our interest. Crappington, apparently the guy who, who his Pygmalion, had, uh, 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 his his Bengali has been some other cat. That uh, uh, George Masvidal put on blast again. Go back to my Twitter feed. You see, I, I, I retweeted out George Masvidal. So he gave the guys a name. This guy who lives at home with his parents and fully embraces this thing. Oh, the guy's mother died. Or the guy's fucking coach died. It committed suicide. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck. Who does that? I am probably one of the biggest assholes I know, and I wouldn't do that. Why? Because it doesn't advance an argument. It gets you a fight. Well, you just had a fight, and you lost the fucking fight. Yeah, Halle Berry, Halle Berry commented on Usman's IG post. That has to be good for the Q rating. No, probably. I don't know how big of a star she is these days anymore. I feel honored to have interviewed her at her height, but I know she's doing jiu-jitsu now. So she's very tiny. And in a very disturbing way, when I interviewed Halle Berry, I know it was supposed to be a sexy moment. The interview was at her house, and I had to keep my eyes up here. She had no shoes on and a skirt that came to, like, above her knees. 
I guess it would be a dress that came up to above her knees and and uh, she kept crossing it on crossing her legs and I kept my line of sight up here and I know she probably thought, oh, I'm getting to him. But what was weird is that her ankle and feet remind me of my mom's. So I just had to go like, I just want to, this is one of don't get this weird. I was to keep, just keep eye to eye, eye to eye, me and Halle Berry, eye to eye. What do I care about that, bro? I was there first. I, I mean, uh, I don't know if they were real. <laughs> yeah, guess what? You can't Donna Shalala me on my own show. And that's not the point. I'm not talking about that. So what I'm talking about is, you know, what, what, what has happened that, that your self-image, as it's been abridged, as it's been abridged upon by a loss, leads you to try to de like distract, deny, distract, D and D, deny. We saw it. We saw it. You know, the, it, the, 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 the dissonance behind you saying that what we saw wasn't what we saw. Yeah, I did a piece for Ozzy on outrage, umbrage, and it's just, this is indignation. It's ridiculous. I got tapped the other day. Talked about that. Well, I don't know if I talked about it on any show. It was with a, a fucking white belt. And, you know, there's a, so, all of our white belts is, you know, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Like, ah, oh, man, you're so good. You're so good. And then, and then you're so good. And I'm, I'm goofing off. But. Every one of the white belts eventually gets to the point where they either almost catch me or catch me. And then I stop fucking around. And that's one guy said, I don't want to tap you, Eugene. I just want to get to the point where you stop making fun of me. And some of them get there. And the way they do that is by seriously threatening me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so if I got time to. Some guy had me today, he was trying to do a bum, some modified bow and arrow, and I got my fingers laced into the gi, and I'm like, oh, you got me, you got me, oh, you really got me, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm passing out, squeeze harder, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze harder, squeeze even harder, and harder, and you know, my hairline is fine, bro, I, I shaved this in, because I want the widow's peak, <laughs> My hairstylist is the one who recommended it. So, uh, but there's one cat, you know, he's my uh, Chinese national guy who I get all my info about the Hong Kong protesters. He's like, oh, you know, oh, they're, they're full of shit. I said, oh, you're a spy. I know you're a spy. He does his thing, takes it, and he gets me like a calf slicer. Calf slicer? No way. And I'm mocking him, and I'm trying to push it off. And I can feel dudes after, like, he's like after it. And then the front, I go, oh, shit, he's actually, you know what? I actually want to be able to walk for the next few days. I don't give a shit. I don't want to give a shit. I tap. But I tap. I didn't realize that we were being viewed by the whole school. They gave him a standing ovation. And then what they expected is that I would do what dickheads do, which is automatically try to get on the leaderboard, which, yes, I did want to do. I really did want to do, but I wanted to also have a teachable moment where I go, your sense of self should be large enough so that one little piece of falling off of it doesn't diminish you. And so I rolled the rest of that roll like a normal human being. Now I've also got the Sicilian thing happening where, you know, I'm going to get you again, my friend. <laughs>
with with extreme prejudice. But I don't have to do that now. I could do it in January. I could do it in February. That's it. Pride hurts, and this is a prideful move. Uh, this is a prideful strain, and pride goeth before a fall. No, they didn't so slow clap shit, bro. It was standing ovation and, and wild, ecstatic cheering. And I laughed, and I was like, good job, daddy. You got me. And what I really wanted was him to go, yeah. Like the time I got Sorrell. Oh, I was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Somebody did it like, you know, he jumped up from a tap of a black belt, and he was like playing uh, uh, Don't Stop Till You Get, some Michael Jackson song. <laughs> you know, Yeah, there's a great, great glee in that. I've tapped brown belts before. Yeah, yeah. Who's the master? Prince Paul. So, uh, Crappington, I mean, this is, you're a role model for nobody. Nobody. And anybody who wants to give me a hard time over that, you tell me if you want your son doing that. In the face of even actual injustice, it, it Martin Luther King running, running back home screaming, <laughs> little dogs, little dogs. Exactly. It's my safe word. Harder. Right. He may have been robbed. Shoulder your burden without complaint. And the great thing is, is that he has hit in a, in a very Hitlerian sense. He has, he has now got so many uh, uh, you know, what did I say? That you can't have multi, multi, multi battle fronted wars. Where are you going to go now? I don't know if many of you remember Sean Scherf, but I remember somebody talking, uh, Sean Scherf's team at the time was going, I think it was Javier, who was his coach at the time. It was like, you know, Sean's in a terrible position. He's a great fighter. Nobody really wants to fight him because they don't want to lose to him. And the guys that are that, that are better than he is uh, don't want to don't fight him because he doesn't bring enough asses to the seats. That's why maybe half of you know who Sean Shirk is. There's a leaderboard. Yeah, everybody, they can't keep it in their head. Guy gets you one time during the round, you get him to set, you get him one time during the round. Both you can finish that round feeling good. Typically, what I'll do if somebody gets me during the round, if I get them and they get and they and they I get them, <laughs> you got triangle by a Polish guy. I haven't even started upon you, my friend. You tap somebody and they tap you in the rest of the round. And then if you're a real dickhead, you wait till like there's 20 seconds left and then you tap them again. So you know it's 2-1, and they have no time to get back on the board. People have this in their heads. So who do you want? Would you want your son or your daughter to think that this is the way that grown adults should be, that this is part of dealing with life's disappointments? This is part of failed failed agency. And who's going who's gonna to fight Crappington now? The bald one doesn't want him to fight. Nobody else in that weight class wants to fight him with the exception of people who hate his guts like a George Masvidal. But George Masvidal at this point, if he's really dislikes him, he's like, oh, you know what I have? 
It's a delicious souffle. You want some? Nah, you can't have it. Silly rabbit. How is it possible that in a in, 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 with 478 fighters on the roster and a diversity of agents and, and fight teams and, and a spread that wide and sundry? Oh, Ford has it. Ford has it. That's killer. Colby against Leon Edwards. Now that's something. I'd pay, I'd pay the dollar to see that. And Edwards needs it because he's out in the cold too. And he's British, so at least that they can they don't don't they can sidestep that weird racial politic thing and just go U.S. versus Britain or something. That's the only thing that has some juice. You got to find somebody who's proper properly close and properly desperate enough that could use that hand up that couple of rungs on that ladder, and that's it. But you know what the problem is? Yeah, yeah, I did hear the crowd, but you know what? I heard the crowd. What's the weird thing? I heard, I watched at Sorrell's house, so I got the Brazilian feed, which I know after I watched clips later, the audio on the Brazilian feed was very different from the audio on the U.S. feed. Who, who was right? I heard a lot more extant booze for Crappington on, on, on the Brazilian feed. When I watched this morning, the U.S. feed, couldn't hear those boobs. That's weird, creepy shit. That's Skynet shit. Well, not Skynet. That's a little, that's, I'm being a little aggressive with that Skynet shit. But that was weird. So he's got a lot of battles. You know, the bald, what do you say? The bald wants him? Oh, there's not enough. There's not enough. And like I said, I said to Miss Tech on last, uh, uh, if I did it, I go, Trump was a fan of, of MMA. Well, before he discovered Colby, it was because of, because of uh, Tito on the on the Apprentice. And something else I said, if I did it, was the case with uh, McNuggets. And yes, still not paying for UFC two uh, two forty six. Don't pay for it unless you want to pay to to you know advance the fortunes of a uh, alleged rapist. Then that's up to you. Live with yourself. But yeah, they, they use, they, they, Kevin Ioli is now part of the, you know, who considers himself a member of the UFC, I guess, oopsie. Uh, they're trying to grease the skids for this guy's return. And yes, they did use pictures of him in jail, McNuggets in jail, as part of a promo. I told you it was going to happen. It happened. I see tings. Anal rape tings. rehabbing this guy's image tings because what professional fighter has four years to cool their heel, which is about as much time as it's going to take for this case to come to trial. One thing is clear, however, that at least one, very possibly two of the women have not settled. It's like Colin Quinn said when the Dutch showed up to Manhattan and they offered Indians, tell you Native Americans, we'll offer you 50. And they're like, no, no, we're cool. We like our Atlanta. Okay, we'll offer you 40. What do you want? No, I just did. Maybe you didn't hear us. So, okay, you know what? We'll offer you 30. And then at that point, the, the Native Americans settled because they saw the way that was going. At some point with McNuggets, what's going to happen? 
He has less money. I could chart it out. He has less money over time. And less money he has over time, the less likely he is to be able to settle. He better hit a sweet spot now. He offered one mil. I think I, I tweeted that out. That was rejected. Come out of pocket now, bro. Like 10 mil a, per, a woman now, that's it. 20 mil, you still got 70. Do not wait. But Crappington had, you know, he, the deal to which you, the idea, the goal is to be, have as much agency, and he is now in a place, due to the multi-front battles, he is now in the place. Um, somebody says, might as well just stay on his patriotic, a.k.a. crypto-fascist rhetoric, and his Trump hands gets wet. No, I'm not going. I'm just going personally. I'm just saying personally. People sending me a message during the show. I got this and I got the thing. I'm I'm just saying, um I'm just saying that you would be happier if your sense of agency was increased and you've done every you've you you've you have diminished it. You've diminished it. You haven't increased it, you've diminished it. You're a non-factor. A non-factor. Watch the video where they, as they say to the bald one, they say, hey, uh, uh, Colby says if he wins and you try to put the belt on him, he's going to hit you. <laughs> Somebody says that to me, I would laugh. I go, okay, all right. And he said, what does the bald one say? Look up his response again. Yeah, he says, good luck with that. Also, the old one, there's something wrong with him, uh, the bald one. The interview with him and Kevin Ioli, I'm getting a weird feeling. It doesn't seem quite right to me. It doesn't seem quite right to me. It could, it could be me. Look at the interview I'm talking about. Look at him and Ioli. Feels kind of weird to me. Not quite right. However, I do want to say something like I said again. Dude. Dolph, on my cap to you, bro, I'm not fighting even a minute beyond I hear the words, broken jaw. I'm like, I'm out, whatever. I remember when I was a bouncer, some guy came running at me at the at the club. He had run into somebody else. And, uh, yeah, that's true about Kevin. He had run into somebody else who had cracked him and broke his jaw. He broke his jaw in an open position. It was absolutely horrified. And the guy's running to me for help. He's like, ah! I go, Sorry, man, I don't understand you. It was an unsympathetic response on my part, but I was so horrified. And so I just pointed out front where the cops and the ambulance were already there. He went, ah, because nobody made you get into fight. You know, when I got my ear torn open by the broken bottle, I didn't go running down the street crazy asking for help. Went home, started putting my shotgun together with my plan to get in the car and go back. Intercepted by my stepfather at the time, took me to the hospital, sewed the ear shut too too tight, and years later I still have problems with this ear. So anyway, let's go through the fight. Yeah, but I did want to I did want to say that uh, uh, I did want to say that um, that I, that I'm disappointed. 
I always knew he would fail, but never quite spectac- so spectacularly. And one of the things that I'm disappointed about, mostly with Crappington, is his, is him, how significantly he's failed as a man. You know, there are people, you know, like the guy who was arguing with me about due process, finally realized that I'm, I'm messing around. You know, it, look, listen, listen, if, if I'm really angry with you and, and that women who have been with me before, they have realized it. I don't I'm I'm not never calling anybody a bitch. You fuck you or you fucking. I never, I'm never cursing at that. Women who are with me like this, never, ever, like never, ever. Well, but one of them said to me at one point, "I know you're really angry with me." Once I, I got super angry, and I said something like, and I didn't raise my voice. I said, "How could you be so stupid?" And that was like the worst. Like they could be like it, because it was in the sinews of my bone. You have caused me. You have. <laughs> sorry, bro. You've been listening too long. What can I say, lost soul? You've been listening too long. So I mean, this is the thing. You gotta get beyond this shit. Even if somebody calls me stupid, I, I need some elucidation. Tell me what I've said, and we can argue the point till I'm blue in the face. And if you get me into a cul-de-sac where I realize I'm wrong, I go, God damn it, you're right. I fucked up. That was stupid. I'm not making excuses. I'm not. No, the guy, he's been paying attention. He's been listening. <laughs> so uh, let's go Let's go through the fights here. Because it's despite the fact that there were a lot of fights, this will be painfully, uh, woefully, uh, that's not the word I'm looking for, blessedly brief. And uh, why am I about to choke? Um, the the co-main. Oh, man, why is it I can't breathe? I got to go to WebMD. Well, back to your question. I don't remember what it was because my memory is shot. Where 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 is my fight stuff? My fight info. Uh, uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, um. I just want to get this right. Give me, give me a break here. All right, so here we go. I found it. I found the listing, and I go, I go to Sure Dog for this stuff because I love Jeff Sherwood, even though I know he's no longer part of it. I still, uh, I still have a good feelings about. It. So let's get down to business quickly, because I didn't care about all these fights at the card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, Edwards and this thing? No, no, no. Okay, so here we go. So, you know, I picked Jermaine. Uh, no, no, the next fight was uh, 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 Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky. All right, with that fight, I'm going to have to say, honest to God, I-, I thought that Holloway got robbed. However, I was in misery watching that fight. I'm going to, uh, I-, I was in misery watching the fight because. They used to be. I was. I felt very much the same way I did the waning days of Muhammad Ali's career. And I was looking. I go. I understood that in the context of boxing, that that was a deal. You want to beat a champ, you got to beat the champ. And other. And that that takes all the onus off the champ. The champ. We've know We've talked about championship fights. 
John, Johnny Boney Joni against uh, who's the cat that he, the, uh, the hammer guy who now can't walk off of both legs. They always super careful. That's champ, champ style. And you know, you got a lot to keep. You know, I got the Rolls Royce, I got the mansion, I got, I got, I got a lot of stuff riding on this. Got to be very careful, got to consider it all. Very different from the B position, the young Turk that's got everything to gain and nothing to lose. But Holloway was fighting, you know, it was like he just kind of, you could see he really believed that he had won that fight. And frankly, I thought he had as well. I didn't see that Volkanovski did anything that justified that win. I was shocked. Sorry about this. I'm on the verge of uh, something or other. But what I was more impressed with was Holloway, Holloway's take on it. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. In other words, I think that he thought in old boxing champ style that all he had to do was just keep, you know, just I got to win three rounds. I think I won three rounds. You know, when I look at the score and it's 50-45, I think Cecil Peoples is back judging the UFC. And I'm upset. But it's easy for me to be upset because, uh, easy for me to not be upset because what did Holloway do? Shoulder his burden without complaint. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did think that. Yeah, I thought that Holloway's hairline was, was receding. I thought that was strange. So, you know, and, 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 and I'm fine with that because he knows what I know and what you know. And as that Volkanovsky's not holding on to that title for very long. And that a little bit of a little bit of grease in your division can be much better for the division than a little bit of eight hundred pound gorilla can be for your division, a la light heavyweights. So, uh, um, what 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 are people sending me? What is this? Somebody sending me a Instagram. Oh, there's something illegal happening here. I, I don't want to see. So a headbutt in an MMA in a, a jiu-jitsu match. I'll look at it later. Uh, Amanda Nunes versus Jermaine Durandamy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, Volkanovski is not Australian, my friend. I mean, he comes from Australia, yes. But Volkan, if you, uh, it's a Polish last name. So I was disappointed that he didn't, he didn't, that he didn't rock any Polish flags. But whatever, I right, whatever. You know, and those guys with the you know the hand shaking and the hugging, I'm a, I'm a little sick of that. Why don't you just show up for the fighting? You know, if I want to see guys, you know, hugging, hugging, shake hands, I, I got a whole city full of that near me. Yeah, oh, Eddie told you every time. Hey, hey, lost soul, get ready for this. Every time I'm in Vegas and I see Bruce Buffer, and I'm like out of my head, he comes up with the most amazing jackets. I'm like, man, your jacket is shiny, bro. Remember that? That's another good one. So, um, so uh, I'm not worried. I picked Holloway. He lost. I think it was a crap decision. I don't. No need for me to talk about this now. Amanda Nunes and, and Jermaine Durandami, as, she, as she's instructed me to, to pronounce it. Uh, I had to pick her. She's a known associate, not friend of Knuckle Up, Team Sorrell, former member. And she did something that very few have done. She lasted five rounds with Amanda. And uh, and she also gave her enough stand up that it was clear that Amanda wanted none of it. People never thought, look, 
Look, look, Cyborg fought like shoot boxers fight. Wildly windmilling uh, wasn't boxing. Jermaine boxed the crap out of you. And she did so with enough aplomb and ease that Amanda, you know, though she was smiling, she pretty soon stopped smiling and did something that I like, made an adjustment and said, you know what? I do this at jujitsu. She's got no answer for this inside trip. Was it inside trip or whatever? What it was a shot off of a. She just kept doing it. She had to wrestle. She didn't choose to wrestle. She had to. Want to? Had to. So anybody in that division who 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 could 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 bring it. I mean, what I would suggest for Jermaine is that she go to Chuck Liddell route, and it's not jujitsu. You know, she was a member of our, our team for a bit, and she's got a pretty serious jujitsu coach now. But in my mind, jujitsu is still defensive art. You gotta combine it with a good offensive art, and you need to work for the next twelve months with, which I don't know. It's twelve months that she has work with. Yeah, it is maybe too late with a uh, with a wrestler, but whatever. Hundred grand, which is woefully little, but she did this taking time off from her job as a cop. It's nice. She can use it to uh, to buy a house or or to improve some shit around the house. Like I built a shed. You know, maybe my shit didn't cost a hundred thousand dollars. Do I feel bad about it? No. I, you know, I got a glimmer into the way in which I will eventually see Amanda dispatched. I enjoyed her. Her, I enjoyed. Yeah, it is a year's salary for so many people. I enjoyed her. Her. Her adjustment. I enjoyed the championship shit she brought to it, and I love seeing. I love seeing uh, 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 Jermaine fight in the, in the bit of time that she did. She could have gotten that triangle, which would have been a great moment on a jiu-jitsu black belt. But I think, uh, and some of us said it best, she doesn't like the ground. Some people like things and some people don't like things. Like, I used to like that acrobatic stuff. I used to be able to do a flying arm bar. Not, but the judo stuff, flying through the air, don't like it. Don't like going to the ground. My go-to for street fights, stomping people. You're on the ground, you're going to get kicked. I mean, you know, I'm a 57-year-old man. I'm not street fighting anymore, naturally. But if I were, that's what I used to do. So uh, anyway, uh, and, I, and keep in mind, I did interview the, the uh, uh, Crying Faces guy. We're trying to get their piece out this week or the week after. Uh, going down the thing, uh, let's see. Uh, 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 Marlon Marais and Jose Aldo. Uh, what I'm angry angriest about, I picked Marais to win, and he did win. I don't think he deserved to win. At all. And like I said, on if you watch Care Don't Care, we did a review. I said, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what happens to Brazilian fighters when they go against Brazilian fighters, unless there's some old rivalry where, like, you know, Anderson Silva and Peter Belfort, where they actually really dislike each other. It's like they're training together. And something something happened that only he could see that none of the rest of us could see. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that Aldo won, actually, even though I picked Marais. That something happened, something happened that, that the rest of, and, and that he can't explain. Because I, we were watching the Brazilian feed, so I had Sorrell translate. He's like, Sah, he say shit. What happened? What happened? The worst part about that fight is that you breathe life into this fiction that, that, that Jose Aldo doesn't need to be entertaining, that he should continue. He should not continue. 
I've been watching him long enough where I can see that he should not continue. Like, like Morris, did you not know that the person you were fighting was going to try to win the fight? Were you somehow confused about how fights work? I'm finished with you. I'm finished with you. Finished. I can't, it can't, I can't, it's like, I can't have, I can't have a battlefield full of soldiers who when the shooting starts, I don't know what they're going to do. Exactly. First round, backpedaled, second two rounds, eked it out. And, and these scores, these were indicative. 29, 28, 28, 29, 29, 28. Got it. That I believe. I would take the Volkanovsky, uh, uh, Volkanovsky Holloway uh, scores and I would give them to Amanda and Jermaine and I would give Amanda and Jermaine scores to Volkanovsky and, and Holloway. And just for the record, the guy 50 to 45 for the Max Holloway Volkanovsky fight. You're out of your mind. Don't do this anymore. Stop judging. Uh, whatever. Uh, other, other, other jobs beckon. Stop judging because you're doing a bad job of it and you're embarrassing yourself. All right. Uh, so Marat, that, that, that I gave that about as much time as it deserved. Uh, um, Petra Yarn almost had himself a fucking George Masvidal moment because of Cody Garbrandt. For some reason, that cockroach got backstage and was yapping away because what? He's a team alpha male. And, and and Uriah Uriah Faber got what Jose Aldo should have blessedly got, which was a real clear cut indication that forty is still fucking forty. You know how I know that was seventeen years ago for me. You know what kind of stuff I was doing at forty? I started doing MMA at forty. I had my first underground fight at forty. I was doing flying armbars at forty. You know what I'm not doing now? MMA fights. Underground or not. You know what I'm not doing now? I'm not doing flying arm bars. So I'm not doing now. <laughs> you know, so he's somehow Cody Garbrandt trying to stay in the conversation. Petra is a nice Russian boy. Otherwise, he would have peppered that guy. But I tell you, if they get a fight together, he's going to murder him. Petra Jan was nice and respectful for round one, but it was pretty clear into round two and three. That he was like, well, you know, kind of like when Matt Hughes had had Hoyce Gracie. It was like, I don't want to break his arm. Do I want to be the guy who breaks a legend's arm? Nah, I can beat him some other way. Dealer's choice. Petrion is a killer. I picked him to win. He won. And maybe Uriah can watch the tape and realize, I don't need to be in there. Based on, based on whatever, bro. Whatever the chemical advantage, TCA, whatever it takes. That's what Malcolm X said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, uh, you know. I mean, I, I yeah, yeah. He took it. He said nice things. You take my hat off to Petrion afterward. He was going to be dealing with Team Alpha for a long time. I don't know what you mean, bro. But you should maybe. Shit changes. All of a sudden, you're the guy. You're all of a sudden you're the guy in the club with the with the with the with the fishnet tank top. And like this shit was rocking ten years ago, and people are kind of looking at you and laughing. Shit, what's the matter? You 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 ain't never seen a handsome man before. 
No, I ain't never seen a 45-year-old man with a gut with a fish knot, fish, fish knot, fish knot, uh, t- tank top on before. That I have not seen. Yeah, he's going to kill him. And you got to understand these cats that come from places like Russia or Africa. <laughs> like, he goes, like uh, 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 what's his face? Uh, 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 Usman said, he goes, I'm the most American one here. You know how hard I had to work to get here? Most significantly, what you don't factor in is like, these cats don't want to go home broke. It's very different if you come from Cleveland, Ohio, and things don't quite work out for you. And you can go home. You got a little money to put together from the fight, put a down payment on a house, maybe, you know, go to the local high school. I know Ken Marjoram played, uh, you know, the Chicago Bears and the 49ers for a bit, played pro ball. And now he's coaching the high school at Menlo, Menlo School, like five miles from where I am now. All right. You know, he put a little life together. Dude didn't have to go back to, you know, look, I've been to St. Petersburg. Yeah, things are better now there. They have Bentleys, but still, you know. Exactly. Water's in the sink and the toilet's next to you. So, uh no, well, you know, he tried to mitigate the, the misery by saying, he tried to mitigate the misery by saying, um, well, you know, it was an act. And a, you look, you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. It wasn't an act. It wasn't an act. Otherwise, you know, you, how come nobody's pulled a gorgeous George if it was an act? You know, except for Genki Sudo, who came in dressed like Diana Ross. You know, most guys do very typically macho things. How come nobody, if it's an act, Come in the skirt and being, oh, my God, I, I don't know. I just murk guys. Well, maybe people would say, ah, you know, it's appropriation and some sort of mockery like that band, The Frogs. Who knows? Anyway, anyway Petri Jan was, has been a care for a while, remains a care. I love seeing what he's doing is something else, and I love seeing MMA-infused boxing. And if you don't know what I mean, you got to know. Like, boxing is still boxing, but guys who are good boxers who then moved into MMA and adapt and adopt, oh, boy, the boy, they're beautiful to watch. And he reminds me of a cross between something I haven't seen before and who was that cat who shot himself in the foot, uh, uh, who I used to love so much, that guy from Arizona. Come on, come on, somebody pull it out. One of you's got to know, who am I talking about? Joe Diesel Riggs, beat you to it. So, uh, Petrian, uh, and then, uh, Jeff Neal, I picked Mike, uh, I picked Pewter, Pewter Mike Perry on this one. That's because, you know, uh, I, I've actually come to like the guy, reasons why, I don't know, but there's Sukaju in the guy, there's Sukaju in him, because I saw him recently enough to see his nose on the other side of his face, what the fuck is he doing fighting again? Yeah, Joe Diesel Riggs, I remember his name, that's the guy with Diesel partner. You know what he said to, 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 to Diaz right before they fought? He goes, see you at King of the Cage, strangely enough, where he himself found himself later. I don't know why Mike Perry is just because of now I feel sorry for him because I could see he thinks he's being the company guy. He doesn't realize when they those company guys like a Cerrone or, or a, a, a Joe Lazan, they were actually given not all killers. They had some up, some down, some down, some up. But Jeff Neal definitely don't was a don't care. Now, yeah, hands of steel, Neal, 
Malacare. Malacare. Aldana Malacare has got that firepower. And this is what I didn't know until I talked to Steph about it. Uh, got the firepower. And I said, well, she could challenge. I don't know what her grappling is like. And Steph actually watched a bunch of old tape and said she can grapple. That's credible. That's a credible challenge. Now that the door has eked open a bit uh, on Amanda Nunes, we can see that that's, that, that that's a credible challenge. And then Heinish, who I've given up a long time ago, he lost. So I don't care to talk about the fight. I'm up against that. Matt Brown, Ben Saunders. Brent Saunders is a friend of the family. He's not a known associate of mine. Uh, um, and, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, bro, beat psychosis is a real thing. Uh, Matt Brown shouldn't be back. But this is a thing that I talked about a long time ago. MMARP. And it's it's a real thing. Somebody uh, on, on the Care Don't Care that we recorded earlier said, like, we'll do it better about him against against uh, against uh, Robbie Lawler. I go, Matt Brown doesn't need to be fighting Robbie Lawler unless you want to see Matt Brown retire. But there's got to be there's got to be a kind of category, guys, who are just past it enough. Maybe you just do it divisionally without regard to age. You say, look, if you're in 15 to 20, we know that you're not going to win a title anytime soon unless you're under 30. So call it, call it adult one, master one, something. I, I enjoyed seeing Matt Brown win because he wins like Matt Brown won, covered in blood. But I didn't enjoy seeing Ben Saunders, who's not known to me, but he's a bloody elbow guy, you know, uh, leave the way he did. Out of five or six losses down, what the hell does he say to Eddie Bravo? Now, more importantly, what does Eddie Bravo say to him when he shows up on Monday? Uh, Chase Hooper, Daniel Tamer. Yeah, no, okay. Moreno, Cara France, just like I, who I don't like. I didn't talk. I'm not gonna talk about that. There's a like a, a, a Busan. The next UFC is at Busan. Next weekend means it's four o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. So we won't be watching that. I was sad to see Pashota get get murked because he's Polish and uh, I can see that the home team. So that's a fight. We've done it all. Ten minutes over. No big deal. Um. So if if you just to, just to conclude it a little bit because I'm over time and, and I want to wrap, I said you know what, I'm not arguing the man's politics. God love you, whatever your politics are, but you know in your heart of hearts that if I walk up to a Colby, you know, like the Diaz has said something pretty interesting. They said, hey, if I walk up to George Saint Pierre and call him pussy, he's not going to do anything. But if I walk up to BJ Penn and call him a pussy, we'll be fighting. And what they were encapsulating was a certain quality of realness that said, if I have a feeling, go with that feeling. And that's what I like. I, I, I in general, like that. But you know how much it takes me to motivate before I need to throw hands? Like, I don't like you and I'm happy to see you, but not because, you know, because I expect that we're going to fight, but because I'm going to do the Cape Fear thing. I can outfight you, I can outthink you, I can outfuck you, I can outtalk you, I can out hopscotch you, I can out shuffleboard you, I can out poker you, I can out chess you, I can out checkers you, any measure you want, I got. And if that's not good enough, then we go. What one of the Diaz was saying is we just go. Well, okay, that's you. 
Me, very different. Yeah, whatever you could do, I could do better. The Johnny Boney Joni story. But this idea that your sense of self, they've started wars. People have murdered other people because they've abridged their sense of self so aggressively that they that they cannot live. There's a woman here. She's dead. I'll get the punchline. You know, was John, her, she and her husband got into an argument, and this guy was like an accountant at Oracle or something like that. They lived in Foster City. And they found her wrapped in plastic in the trunk of the car. She had been hammered to death. And she was like uh, clearly following him from room to room. She, He was a white cat, and she was a Korean woman. Uh, it was vague now, back in the 80s. And she was fought, and anybody who read this story knows that she got to that part in the argument that people get to sometimes in relationships where they know there's a line that you shouldn't cross and they say, fuck it. What the fuck are you going to do anyway? And they cross that line. Because what happened after that was as, as tragic as it was understandable. He hammered her to death in his workshop. If you had to talk to that guy the next day, I'm sure he's still in prison. He would go, you know, ah, fuck, I shouldn't have done it. But his sense of who he was was so aggressively impinged upon that he couldn't live any other way. By being dead jail. It happened that eventually some of us have to go to prison, but at least do something that was backed by thought and conviction. Instead of tweeting out from somewhere, wah, wah, this 11-year-old thing where Are you, you push me down, I push you down, you make fun of me, I'm going to make fun of you. Everybody talks about Trump. He's a counterpuncher. Like, that's good. <laughs> 18-year-old girl Greta Thalberg says some shit about me. How do I give a fuck? What do I give a fuck? Can we get back to politics like that? Can we back get back to fighting like that? Huh? Can we? Can we? Don't know. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Only 13 minutes over. Tomorrow, Monday afternoon, Care Don't Care happens, where we talk about UFC Busan. I think I got four four cares on that fight. Headlined by Frankie Edgar. Korean Superboy is also on that fight. You you can watch it later. Not a big deal. Tuesday night, 7.30, if I did it. Alexi is tech. Followed immediately by immediately by if the shoes fit. This week is Kidnate's week. Me, Alexi, Kidnate. Follow me at, at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter for the Aussie articles I have coming out this week. You want to buy Oxbow stuff? Oxbow, O-X-B-O-W dot merch table. M-E-R-C-H table dot com. If the shoes fit this week with Kid Not Tay, we're going to go into the politics of the day, probably impeachment-based. And yes, 14 or 15 newspapers came out supporting the impeachment. Laws mean something. We're a nation of laws. I don't say you remove the guy from office, but you know, you got to lay down the line, bro. And like somebody once said, they go, you know, oh, this impeachment is bullshit. Okay. Well, why don't you testify under oath instead of going on talk shows where you can lie your ass off? Oh, stop it. I want us to be better. 
Shoulder your birds without complaint. Call me stupid all you want. I got to laugh. The joke. This is V92. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. If you want to hang out with me on, on Instagram, it's Mr. Sleep and the number three. But I got to see into your world before I let you in. But that's the end of the show. Tell your friends about it. And I also have a JJB coming up that is eh, sadistic in the extreme. Watch and wonder and wonder why people try to kill me at jujitsu because I am a dick non-pariah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next weekend. Look what you made me do! Ha <laughs> ha!